What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Um, we are back with a bang. We have um, a few cool topics today. I wanted to get away a little bit from bodybuilding for a little while at the beginning. Um, obviously, we're still within that space, but just a few new things to talk about. So, we're going to go over um, Instagram and how to grow your Instagram. Specifically Instagram, we could go into YouTube and podcasts and all this different stuff, but I think just one at a time um, gives us the ability to get more content out to you regularly, but also just get a bit more specific with Instagram as a whole. I then wanted to touch upon being vegan and the things that you need to consider. Um, my stance on being vegan, my, my ethical stance, I guess, on, on veganism and then, and then everything else I can think about about veganism. Um, then I want to talk a bit about the difference between cutting naturally versus on steroids, as this is something that I've done both um, more recently, um, doing the steroid version. Um, I, I can offer a lot of insight as the difference, and I think a lot of people would be interested in the difference between doing it naturally and also unnaturally. Um, a lot of you natty little folks out there are probably asking, how good does it feel to be on trend and shredded? It's great. Um, and then we're going to do a little Q&A, depending how long this this runs. Um, I don't want to be here too long, um, for your sake and my monotone voice. Um, we'll do a little bit of a Q&A, and then I've got a story time. It's been a while. Um, whenever I put questions out for the podcast, the most requested thing is a story time. So I, I've delved into the brain. I've pulled out a corker for you. Um, so be prepared for the end, as that will be... Um, probably very compromising to me, my family, and, and the rest of my life, but you know what? That's what it's all fucking about, isn't it? All right, guys, Instagram. How do you grow it? Now, first of all, I want to, I want, to, I want you guys to be clear that I am no expert at Instagram. This is entirely self-taught. Um, I, I've only just recently crept up towards 30,000 followers on Instagram. I'm on about 29.9, I think, at the moment. So I'm like 100 followers away from 30k, but it's taken me a long old time. I've been on Instagram for about three or four years now, um, but it wasn't really um, until the past year that I kind of knew what the fuck I was doing, right? Um, a lot of the time it just starts off, you just post, you do the odd hashtag and you know that you can kind of get around doing that, but there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more that you need to consider and here's some of the things that you need to consider. I'm just going to start at the top how I think and go through it. So first of all, what you post, what you actually post, um, is it a shitty picture of your bowl of oats? If it is, get the fuck off. It's just not providing niceness to look at. Does that make sense? Um, your pictures have to be nice to look at first and foremost. You know, we have to consider. We we live in a very shallow world. We live in a very shallow society where literally people take face value, whether you like it or not. So you have to play that game, right? So that's why if you go on my page, you will just see shredded photos. Shredded photos, photos that make you go, oh my God, look at that. You know, if it's me happy, smiling, joking around, that's another photo that's going to get a lot of looks. If it's a photo of my bowl of oats with berries in it and I'm explaining why I'm eating that, it's not going to be as appealing as as a big juicy burger with my family post-competition. You understand? So the actual quality of the post, the picture, the actual picture, not the, not the content, not, not the caption, 
Um, we have to consider the actual quality of the photo. So is it taken with a proper camera? Have you edited it properly? Have you spent time looking into things like Layout, which is an app that you can put photos side by side? Have you looked into Photoshop? Have you looked into adding a bit more structure in? Have you looked into you know, bringing out the, the, the shadows a little bit more? And, and actually learning how to do that is, is a really, really good thing to do. And, and there's so many one, two minute, three minute tutorials on YouTube that you can literally just Google. Like I remember Googling how to make muscles pop on Instagram and it literally just said put your structure to like 15 put your ding da, 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 and it, just, it worked and then you can just play around it and find the thing that you want right it's the same thing with like sunset photos and, and amazing beautiful photos if you're a travel vlogger for god's for god's sake you know you're not going to be posting a picture of your of your airplane ticket you're going to be you're going to be putting a picture of your passport next to the plane with the sunset in the background do you understand so actually thinking about the setup of the photo is massively key um, not just the content but then that leads to the content you have to offer value. What am I getting from reading or looking at your post? Now, I am one to, to, to throw a little bit of shade to people that don't offer much value. Um, and a lot of those people, in hindsight, are offering entertainment as value. So, for example, Matt does fitness. He puts a lot of pictures of him with his top off and, and, and stupid captions that really don't mean anything. Like That used to rile me up, but you know what? People read them, they laugh. That's value, in my opinion. So if you are offering value, you've got to, you've got to offer value. You've got to find out where you're offering value. Are you making people laugh? Are you making people think about their diet? Are you making people think about their recovery? Are you making people think about their finance choices? Whatever your niche or your niche, I say niche, I don't know why I said niche, um, is you have to play to it and you have to offer value within that ni that niche um, and, and you have to make sure that in my like in my opinion ninety five percent of what you put on your social social media should offer value that goes from posts that that goes from stories that goes from any interaction any questions you ask they have to ask they have to offer value to either you or the person receiving them um, these days of just putting a picture of where you look all right and it's a really nice photo and there's just a dead ass caption and they're kind of dwindling in my opinion. Um, there, there, there's definitely still places for it and there's definitely still things that we can do in terms of entertainment. You know, like if you look at Joey D, um, Joe Delaney, he, a big, big part of his facade, his, his look is just being a fucking cool dude. Yeah. And making cool fucking captions and talking about his hair and, and doing this and doing that. And that, offers people value. Um, it's not the value that I'm looking for, but it offers people value. So understand the value that your customers want, your target audience wants, and provide them with that every single fucking post and be relentless with it. Yeah. So you've got those first two points, what you need to be focusing on, the quality of your actual content, but also the quality of the actual picture. Then you need to be frequent. You need to be consistent. You need to not let up because you're going to have times when you don't get as many likes on certain photos and you're going to think, fuck, I'm going backwards. But guess what? You're going to have periods of time when you surge forward. And those are the times that you milk the actual fuck out of it. I think me being someone who's in a prep um, and an off season and, and in that and, and in in a lifestyle where things change, I notice the difference between interaction, followers going up, subscribers going up when I'm shredded versus when I'm bulking. Of course, like I'm shredded, I'm lean, I've got veins everywhere. People just click on that because it's just human nature to click on stuff that makes them go, what the fuck is that? Oh, he actually knows what he's talking about, subscribe. So I've got to milk it. 
I've got to milk the living daylights out of being shredded, which is why if you go through my post, yes, it might be narcissistic. Yes, it might be obnoxious to some people. But guess what? It's temporary and it's getting me a fuckload of followers and it's getting me a load of interaction. And if I can back up the followers and the interaction and the shock of these photos with the information that I feel like I've got, I feel like I'm onto a winner and I feel like that's a good method to attract people. It's like, yes, you've got to clickbait the shit out of things. Same with YouTube is a clickbait world. You clickbait everyone as much as you can, but as soon as they start to digest some of your information, you you get the audience retention, you know, and it's actually these people who have got 300, 400,000 followers off one or two viral videos that you can see their interaction rates just being awful. And it's interaction that really drives, it drives advertisement. Like I, my YouTube channel doesn't earn loads, but I know that it earns the same as some 100,000 100,000 subscriber channels because of the interaction, because of the views. You know, I've got nearly 30,000 subscribers on YouTube, but I get nearly 25, 30,000 views on a video. That's nearly every single one of my subscribers. Obviously, it's not all of my subscribers, but, you know, view to subscriber ratio is very fucking high. And that's what you should be striving for. The amount of likes to followers that you get. For example, I've got 30,000 followers. I've had up to 7,000 likes on a photo. Um, on average, I'm hitting two, two and a half thousand every single photo. But I'm sure you guys out there are thinking, hang on a second, two, two and a half thousand. I've seen I've seen Instagram pages with a hundred, two hundred thousand followers who have got two thousand, three thousand likes. It's because it's all fake and it's or it's not even because it's all fake, it's just because it's 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 a clickbait, right? You click on it, you follow it because it's like, oh my god, look at this guy. You follow it and you kind of forget about it and it's in the background, right? And it's one of those passive subscriptions that you've got and i've got loads of them on youtube you know i challenge you guys go through your youtube subscriptions and see how many dead ass channels you follow it's the clickbait it's the clickbait vibe right but you to get away from the clickbait vibe is to offer the value afterwards so you've got to find that balance i know loads of youtubers fitness youtubers who have just exploded from from viral videos but their interaction rates are worse than mine and they're on 300,000 subscribers you know it's a very very tough it's a very very tough game and i think one guy um who I know really well, who's in this game as well, he said to me, whatever you do, be true from the start because whatever you start off with and as soon as you start to establish yourself as that, you've kind of got to stick with it because as soon as you start to change, people don't like it um, and it's not, it doesn't translate always into more growth. For example, um, that I can give you a successful example and, a, and probably an unsuccessful example in my opinion. So a successful example, Guzman, he was always fitness, fitness, fitness. He then changed his name to Christian Guzman as opposed to Christian Guzman Fitness. And he started adding lifestyle into his titles and started adding lifestyle into his thumbnails. And and he tried to, to move away from the niche of fitness into the more lifestyle. And to be honest, it worked. And now he's up towards a million followers. And, and, and I'm more interested in Guzman's videos for the lifestyle aspects than the fitness. You know, his business moves, his, his, you know, his, his amazing houses and all that kind of stuff. That's what interests me more than the fitness. Um, so you've got to establish, you don't have to necessarily establish your single niche from the start, but you've got to be open to the idea that what you, you've got to be open to the idea that what you start at might have to be where you stay. Um, because people don't necessarily always like change. For example, if you're a fitness vlogger and then you suddenly go, oh, I'm going to start building cars, you know, when you've got a hundred thousand followers who all of them are into your fitness and none of them are into cars, you lose your whole audience. Right. Which is uh, so the unsuccessful example would be max tuning. Um, 
he's definitely got a very, very good balance, um, which is why he's not necessarily unsuccessful, but his most unsuccessful, which is still very, very successful, by the way, but his most unsuccessful videos are the ones where he he, he films himself um, uh, building cars. And, he, and he, he loves to build his Wrangler and, and his Jeep. And, and, and the videos that are solely about that, they get the less views because his whole audience is about fitness and, 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 well, not fitness, but like, you know, fitness, lifestyle, powerlifting, all that kind of stuff rather than cars. So you've got to understand your niche, understand that if you possibly want to go somewhere else in the future, you've got to plan for that. So this was a big part of my podcast, why I wanted to bring this in a long, long time ago now is that people know that there's more to me than just bodybuilding, right? The same with YouTube. Like on my YouTube, I've got travel videos, I've got food videos, I've got lifestyle videos because I knew that that's what I wanted to do eventually because I knew that my life wasn't going to be bodybuilding for the rest. Like I'm going to be bodybuilding for the rest of my life, but I knew that my body, my life wasn't going to be based around bodybuilding for the rest of it. Yes, maybe for the next 10 years it will be, but I know in the long term where I want to set myself up for that long term, if I just bodybuild, 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 I inherently shorten and, and, and narrow my sights. Um, I think someone who's really cool you could take an example of would be TM Cycles. He started off with bodybuilding, he's gone into business, he's gone into fashion, he's gone into all these different things and, 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 and it's just broadening, broadening your, your horizons and putting more fingers in pies rather than putting your, your, your whole fist in a pie and hoping that pie tastes good um, instead. Think about the long term. Think about where you want to go long term. If it's bodybuilding and that's your niche, hammer it. You know, AJ Morris, he will be a fucking bodybuilder for the rest of his life. Everything he does is bodybuilding. That's his niche. He lives and breathes it. That's fine. You know, um, I wanted something else. That's why I've got a different route. And I think you can take positives from both and, and, and negatives from both. You know, do you become a master of all trades or do you become, sorry, do you become a jack of all trades or a master of none, you know, or do you become very, very good at two or three things and not as good at one, you know, it's, it's a balance and you've got to find that balance. You've got to understand that balance. So I really, really recommend thinking about the long term before you even start your, 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 your page. You know, if you want to be an online coach and bodybuilder, cool, it's easy. You can start, you know, if you, but if you want to be a lifestyle fitness guy, you know, Brandon Harding, Glenn Glenn type dude, you got to think about your long-term videos and you got to think about how you can hit as many different people who are interested in that same thing, which is why you'll see these guys doing, doing their big food videos because they hit. That's why you see them do transformation videos every other month from the last year because it hits and it goes and, it, and it's just the way it is. So they're playing the game that they need to play. And I think that is, that is something you need to understand that it is a game and you have to play it whether you like it or not. So those are, those are, those are some, some initial tips for you um, as we move into actual like posting and stuff. So everything comes with insight. Instagram comes with insights. Your insights tell you when your, your followers are most active. If you, I think you have to switch it to a business account to be able to get this. But once you're there, um, it gives you when your followers are most active. It shows you when people are liking the most posts. It shows you your most liked posts and when they were posted. And you just adhere to that. You know, I've got my routine, my, my, to be honest, like while the insights do tell you when your followers are most active, what you do in a routine will tell your followers what's going to happen more than anything. So for me, pretty much between eight and 10 AM every day, I make a post about, you know, whatever it is, an update on me, uh, a topic of bodybuilding, a topic of this, a topic of that. And pretty much everyone knows 
that I'm going to make a post then because it's my routine. You know, and the same thing with a podcast. Everyone knows that I do my podcast on my rest day. So you can expect on a rest day, you know, by the afternoon that there's going to be a podcast up once a week. So getting into these little routines of when you post and and how even how you post, like the the structure of how you post. Yeah. So you'll see on all of mine, like I started this. I don't give a shit who says they, that they started it. I started this off season update, current weight, uh, lowest weight, current macros, lowest macros, um, and then updates. Everyone is doing that now. I started it. I fucking started it. <laughs> um, I do it just things like that. You know, like pe- people know that when they see prep update, you're going to get a full rundown of where I'm at, my weight, my, my, my steps, my cardio, my, my food. And you give people that trigger to know what's coming already, you know? And, and that's what people like. That's, that's what people enjoy is like, Oh, Josh has got a prep update. Cool. I can read through this whole post and know exactly what, and by the end of it, I'm going to know exactly what he's doing. So having that routine, um, and then corresponding that routine as closely to your insights as you can, to be honest, I have a little bump, um, in traffic about 9am. I assume people commuting to work. So if I can try and get a post up before nine, I know that people are going to be on the train, on the bus, walking to work, whatever it is, and just scrolling through Instagram and they might see my, my post. And then, and then as that goes through the day, the likes accumulate and people scroll through their Instagram throughout the day through lunchtime. Again, you know, you're going to, you're going to hit that, that traffic at lunchtime, et cetera, et cetera. But think about when people are doing things, are people traveling home from work on Instagram? Are people in bed, you know, on Instagram? So you could think about posting when work finishes. You could think about posting when it's just before bedtime or when people wake up. And you know what people do when they wake up. They grab their phone and check Instagram. So you've got to think about these things um, and think about people's behaviors in terms of actually posting and use the insights. They are there for a reason. Um, and you could use it, like insights are on YouTube and stuff as well. So you can do that as well. Um, and yeah, like I, th- I think that's pretty good in terms of actually posting on your on your main page. In terms of your story, um, something that I don't like is big, long fucking stories. Um, the Q and A's are all right, in my opinion. I get a lot of good interaction from the Q and A's. I probably get a hundred to two hundred DMs a day if I do the do the Q and A's. Um, and in my opinion, I just think any activity on a social media app drives the algorithm. I don't know whether that's true, but I notice that when I post more, get more comments, get more likes, get more DMs, get more stories up, get more interactions on my stories, you know, posting questionnaires and, and all these different things that things just move quicker in terms of growing. So I don't know whether that's an anecdote or real, um, but I would recommend I would recommend doing that. Um, so with your stories, you got to think people, like there's a, there's a 15 second snap there for a reason, because people don't have that short, people don't have that extended period of time to talk, right? Uh, to listen, sorry, short attention spans. Um, stories is very much a, here's some information, here's value, here's some information, here's value, here's my meal of the day, here's some value, here's why I'm eating, here's why, you know, here's an exercise, here's why I'm doing it. And setting things up like this is just short snapshots of little snappable value that people can just grab. So they can look at that one snap for 10 seconds and they've got something out of it. Um, and of course there's going to be the, the intermediate ones, which aren't necessarily offering value, but they show people you, they show people you as a person, they show your normality, you know? So it's actually, it's actually valuable to, to post yourself being yourself without having to be like working, if that makes sense. So 
it makes sense for me to post when I'm out with my with my family and and walking around and making jokes. It makes you know it, it makes sense for me to to film myself running in the rain because it's funny. You know, like doing these things that make us human and make other people be able to interact with us and connect with us is what will drive loyalty and what will drive people connecting to you. Essentially, you've got to stay relevant. You know, as soon as you start going out of touch of people and 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 going into those i call it upper echelons of life you know like yeah you know maybe i'll start buying loads of louis vuitton and getting new cars and moving out and getting an apartment i lose that kind of that connection to people because they can't relate to someone buying ferraris and shit do you know what i mean which is why i think guzman took a little bit of a hit back in the day because he started buying all the he's matured like fuck now but when he first got all this money he was just you know, buying different car, buying different house, buying this. And everyone was just like, fuck me, like, what are you doing with all your money? And they couldn't relate because they can't fathom what they're doing with that money. And and if people without money see people with money spending money, it just, it generates for an unknown reason. Like, I've got, I got no problem with it. You make, you make the money, you earn the money, you do what the fuck you want. I don't care. You know, enjoy your life. But the way people work, they're jealous. They're jealous. And, 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 and people will, consciously or subconsciously resent someone who is doing better than them but then also overtly showing them you know so whenever i do buy things i like to explain why i like to explain the reasons that this going to benefit me in the future because i don't really buy anything that doesn't benefit me in the future okay the odd clothing here and there but mostly you know like for example this mic i'm holding that's what i spend my money on this laptop that i'm on this is what i spend my money on you know stuff stuff that helps my business and and helps me grow and helps me give more value to you guys so um be relatable make sure that you are you don't lose touch with that i think it's very very important with the stories just to just to go full circle with that don't go crazy in terms of talking long form like instagram stories is not a long form piece of social media that's what podcasts are for that's what youtube is for um there's a reason why it's 15 seconds because it's short snappy information but that doesn't mean that you can't cater to people that want it um i know that i get about nine to ten thousand people see every single one of my stories a day um when i don't have a long q a in there when i do have a long q a in there my stories drop from about nine to 10,000 people to about six, maybe occasionally five, but like five to 7,000 people. So I lose two or 3,000 people viewing my stories when it's really, really long, you know, like 20, 30 questions. But while that means I'm driving less interaction and less views from people, we have to consider that I've still got five to 6,000 people who are really, really interested in seeing these questions, right? So it makes sense for us to every now and again, doesn't mean every single day, but you know, maybe every week, maybe twice a week that you do these long form Q and A's because you've still got a huge portion of your audience viewing those. And you have to just take note where your audience is watching and when those views go up and, and what's making those views go up. For example, I compete at the last two weekends. My views on my stories went up to like 15,000 and I think, Oh, how can I keep this going? Well, compete every weekend. Can't do that. Um, but similarly when I do training videos, when I do, um, you know, breaking down my training, my views go up on my stories. So I know that those are really, really good things for me to do. Um, and then obviously with the long form Q and A's, it's still, it's still snapshots of information. And you got to think if you can do 30 questions, that's 30 pieces of information that someone might not know. And if you've got five, if you've got 
you know, 50 to 60% of your normal audience watching, that's still a big piece of your audience that you're giving value to and that want to invest into you. And in fact, that five to 6,000 or that 50 to 60% of people that are watching those long form Q and A's are probably the ones who are more likely to invest into you. If you brought out merch, if you brought out training programs, if you brought out more coaching, whatever it is, because they're so invested into watching, you know, 30, 40 snaps of yours, you know, and the ones who reply constantly, the ones who you reply back to, you know, they're more likely to be loyal and they're more likely to invest into you later on down the line. And that's the way I think about things. Yes, it might seem that I'm trying to get something out of someone by replying, but actually I get something out of it as well because I know that I'm helping that person. So I reply to every single DM, every single DM. I may have missed one or two here and there, but I reply to every single DM. I spend two hours a day replying to DMs. It might sound stupid. It might sound shallow. Um, oh my God, you got to reply to all the, no, no, no. Like I'm investing into myself here. I'm, I'm answering people's questions. I'm sending voice notes. I'm giving, you know, answers. I'm just saying, haha. I'm, I'm saying thank you to someone who's given me a compliment and I'm just letting them know that I'm there and I'm letting them know that I'm going to interact with them always because I would not be in this fucking place without them. I would not be able to do my job without these people. So for me to disrespect them and not reply to their thing, don't get me wrong, it'll get to the point eventually when I can't reply to everyone because I have you know so many DMs a day. I probably get 100 DMs a day, right? But I can do 100 messages a day. That's not a problem. And guess what? Of those 100 people, how many of them are grateful that I reply to them with a voice note or with a long message or with some advice? All of them. All of them are. And you know what? The next time they think of asking for advice, they don't hesitate. They ask again. And then guess what? When they think they want a coach, they come to me. And guess what? When they think they want a new hoodie, they come to me because they know that I've invested into them and then they will invest back into me. Um, that's pretty much it. That's what I want to talk about Instagram. That was like 25 minutes of ranting. Um, just think about things. Think about the bigger picture. Don't be, don't sell yourself for those likes, you know, give value, give interaction. Doesn't matter if you get less likes on a few photos and more on another one. It doesn't matter. You know, what matters is staying true to yourself, being who you are. Um, because if you're not who you are and your business is based off someone who you're not, it's fucking hard to keep that up, you know, especially if you want to grow the business and be yourself. For me, I don't need to like, I don't need to think about uh, changing me or doing, because I just fucking film shit, you know, to film me being me and I talk about me being me and I talk about what I want to do and, and people like it because it's me and I'm honest and I don't, don't need to bullshit people. I don't need to say this fucking product is going to get you shit. I don't need to do that because I've built this, this facade this face of of being honest and people can trust what i say and i think that is so valuable in this day and age with so much bullshit in this industry um that that's probably my biggest tip to take from this instagram segment is just be yourself and 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 don't worry about trying to adhere to to all this other stuff be yourself offer value be consistent let's get it and breathe i feel like i didn't breathe that entire time okay so next topic being vegan. Oh my God. Oh my God. Who's fucking vegan? So let's talk about ethics. We'll start with ethics. So ethically, I am hugely in favor of, of being vegan. I understand the impact that the farming industry has on the world. More than anything, I, I understand and agree with the impact that the the farming and, and the, the rearing of meat that has on the world. 
rather than actually eating the meat and the ethics of killing the animals. Because in my opinion, we are the apex predators on this planet. People are going to hate me for this. We can make computers. We can build planes. We can do fighter jets. We can make nuclear bombs. If we want to go eat a cow, um, because it's easier for us, because it's more nutrition for us, because it's we've developed and we've you know just adapted over the years to be able to find food sources which are easier than growing out the ground i don't see the problem with that the problem i have is obviously with the environment how fucked up that the meat industry is the poor quality of meat the poor quality of conditions that the the animals are being kept in um, which is why i'm a big fan of ordering my meat uh, from a butcher I get a lot of my meat. Don't get me wrong. I definitely get things from Tesco every now and again when, when I'm caught short. But wherever I can, I would order things from a butcher, um, grass-fed, you know, nicely reared meat. Um, but the reality is that my consumption of meat is 100% having an effect on the environment. And, and, and where I should and where I can, I should always pick sustainable choices and try to pick sustainable choices. I do other things for the environment. I don't use plastic anymore. Um, I refuse to do or buy anything with plastic anymore. Don't get me wrong, I obviously get sent things that have plastic in them, which I'm not too happy about, but I do my best to do my best um, with the circumstances that I've got. Um, if I was a millionaire, I would, I would be, I would have a vegan chef and the best cuts of meat in the world with the happiest beef in the world but i'm not and i'm not and i've got to make do and i think i think just being able to do what you can do is 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 the most that you can do you know it's all you really can do is just to deal with what you can do um in my opinion veganism is is a great option to take for a lot of people who are conscious about the environment um and i fully fully back people to do it i think what i would encourage people to do if they are not vegan is to have a few vegan meals or, or vegetarian meals a week um, and it will really, really cut down your 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 carbon footprint. Just reducing your red meat intake, reducing your your farm fucking chicken intake, and then just having like a few extra free range eggs and and ha- or you know or having a rice and beans to get that complete protein, and just making sure you're covering all bases. I really, really think it will have a big impact. I think if everyone in the world could do two or three days without meat. It would have a huge, huge impact. And 100% when I'm done with bodybuilding and I don't need to fucking constantly eat meat. And don't get me wrong, I don't have um, like meat in every single meal. I definitely have vegetarian meals. I even have some vegan meals, you'd be pleased to know. Um, I have a lot of vegan shakes every now and again. Um, I generally think it would have a big impact on the world. But unfortunately, we're not in that world where it can happen. Um, but yeah, like I, I think, I think when I finish the bodybuilding and I look towards lo- look towards longevity and health and and wealth of life, I'll be eating like an eighty percent plant based diet. Um, all the research seems to point towards having a majority plant based diet to reduce cholesterol, uh, to improve cardiovascular health, to reduce all cause mortality across the board, reduce inflammation, CRP levels. It, it, it tends to point towards having a highly plant based diet, but you miss some key micronutrition and that's what we're going to delve into right now you might think what vegans who eat loads of vegetables missing out on micronutrition yes yes they do so we know that meat is 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 the most bioavailable source of of pretty much any of the vitamins minerals and protein that it has in there right so you can think about let's take a steak calcium iron zinc uh, all these different metals um, B6, these are all things that you miss in a, in a, 
you miss in, in, in lots, you know, collagen, you miss these in, in a vegan diet because you're not getting these animal-based proteins which contain a lot of these, these heavy metals, calcium, zincs, all these different things that can really help optimize the body and, and help it function properly. So if you're not eating meat and you are fully vegan, you need to consciously find out what you're missing. Um, and the easiest way to do that would be to go on medichecks.com, use Josh Bridgman for discount and get a full blood work done on your vitamins and minerals. You can see if you're, you can see where your omega's at, you can see where your uh, B6 is, you can see where your iron and zinc is and you can literally adjust accordingly. There are vegan options for all of them. Um, B6 is a little bit harder to find a vegan option, but you definitely can. Um, but you need to find out what you're lacking. Uh, you really, really do need to find out what you're lacking in. And, and, and those are just some of the few, you know, omegas. Where do you get your omegas from? Yes, you can get hemp seeds and, and different fatty sources from, you know, like alanitic aloe, aloe, I can't even say it. You can eat different things that give you lots of different fatty sources, but you don't get the spectrum like you would do in like, you know, a big healthy fatty salmon, you know, or a big healthy fatty steak. You don't get that same micronutrition and macronutrition that you would. So you have to consider that and you have to consider getting getting the micronutrition from elsewhere. Another thing to consider would be protein. Um, we know that pretty much most vegetables are incomplete protein, which just means they don't have the full spectrum of amino acids and they're missing a few essential amino acids. We know to make a complete protein to maximize muscle protein synthesis, we want the full spectrum of amino acids, predominantly leucine as well, like two to five grams of leucine per meal, which can prove quite difficult in veganism. Um, something that I recommend to, to vegans is actually a vegan shake, 100% get a vegan shake. Uh, hemp, what else can you get? Soya. Um, they are complete proteins and they're really, really good sources of protein. You know, a couple scoops of that, 50 grams of protein. You can always double your protein. Most vegans I know, they're eating 50 to 75 grams of protein and that's from like trace macros. That's not even from complete sources. So, you know, definitely a vegan shake can help you out. Mixing things like rice and beans. Um, if you Google vegan complete protein options, try and get some of those every single meal. So for example, the 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 the, bra the branch chain amino acids in rice are incomplete, the branch chain amino acids in beans are incomplete, but once you combine them, the missing branch chain amino acids that are in rice are in beans. So when you combine them, you then have a full spectrum of amino acids, therefore you have a complete protein. So really, it's as simple as just Googling complete protein sources vegan, and you just make sure you have a complete protein source every meal, and you can worry way, way less about, about getting your protein in. We know that protein is very thermogenically demanding, so it can raise metabolism. We know that protein is going to drive uh, muscle protein synthesis. It's also going to drive retention of, mu uh, of skeletal muscle. Um, if we look at the blue zones where... The blue zones are essentially areas where they have the highest amount of centenarians, people who live over a hundred. Um, we know that, a lot, that that meat is part of their diet. You know, meat is part of their diet. Having not high protein, but having protein in their diet is part of it because it helps keep skeletal muscle, um, and then it helps keep tendons, joints, and collagen strong, and it helps keep these things moving. So. I'm not here to say, if you're vegan, eat meat. I'm here to just to say, if you're vegan, make sure you're, you're hitting what you're missing from meat. Um, and you need to make sure that you are um, hitting those those protein sources and making sure that you're, you're probably under eating protein anyway, which is not a, a huge deal because we know that protein is inherently less important as we go through the research. But you're... You know, if you can't hit that two two grams per kilogram of body weight, which is quite a lot for some people, you know, aim for one one point five, and and you should be all right as long as your macros are in the right place. Um, you're obviously going to have to go a lot more towards 
uh, fats to get a lot more protein in, uh, sorry, to get a lot more calories in because inevitably eating 5,000 calories of vegetables is hard. Fun fact, I actually went vegan for three months. Um, two, three years ago, I did vegan for three months. I was eating four and a half thousand calories and my insides were fucked. It was really, really hard to put that much food away. And I was making sure I got, in, uh, making sure I got complete proteins, making sure I got lots of fats in, all this different stuff. And it was very, very difficult. So, um, in summary guys, like if you're vegan, there's so many ways to get around the, the downfalls of veganism, you know, supplements, you know, a protein shake. Um, but essentially you are probably helping the environment a lot more. So my personal opinion on veganism is fucking awesome. Um, I love that you're trying to save the planet. I love that if, if it's for ethical reasons for animals, I love that you're trying to do that. Um, just be conscious of what you're missing out on your diet because it's very, very easy for people to just go, I'm vegan, now, I'm going to stop eating meat and then just doing that. And then guess what? They feel tired. They feel lethargic. They don't sleep as well. They don't recover as well. And they just feel a bit more shit. Their immune system goes down. Of course, you're, you, you're, you're reducing your micronutrition. You're reducing your protein intake. What can you expect? So... Please just make sure you you understand the the pros and cons um, and 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 how to fix them because there is a lot of good information out there um, that leads to good answers about veganism. So that's all I'm going to touch about veganism. I'm not I'm not crazy versed in veganism and and so going in too deep and then having someone who's vegan listen to this and be like you can fuck off mate you don't need to be eating meat <laughs> you still get micronutrition from here so I don't want, I don't want to cross any any boundaries here. Um, so we'll move on to the next topic which is going to be the difference between cutting naturally versus steroids. So I thought it was going to be crazy different in terms of feeling like I thought I would, uh, I thought I'd feel better on steroids, like actually feel more alive and, 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 and less zombie like, yeah, that wasn't the fucking case. I, I, it was harder. Um, I bear in mind I was leaner way, 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 way leaner. You know, obviously the drugs have an impact on you. Um, but I thought, I honestly thought I was going to feel better, you know, better sex drive, more energy, but I didn't, I didn't, there was no difference whatsoever. I felt fucked on both. Um, but the reality is the difference in terms of actually cutting, um, you can be a lot harsher on your deficit on steroids. So you can pull down body fat very, 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 very fucking quickly. For example, I lost 18 kilos in 14 weeks, you know, so it's over a kilo a week. And, and realistically, I probably didn't lose any muscle. Um, that's another thing. That's the difference because obviously having testosterone in your body, um, a big part of losing muscle when you're natural is just the down regulation of hormones because you're just not eating enough. You're not getting the micronutrition that you need and you're not, you're not hitting those things that you need. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it's really, really important to, to note that regardless of, of how you set things up, it's going to be fucking hard. Um, but yeah, like you can lose fat quicker. You, you can maintain your strength longer. Um, we've got to think that most people are setting up their steroid cycle to increase as they get leaner. So actually they can get stronger, gain a little bit more muscle, grow into a show, which is sort of what I'm doing right now. Like my drugs are the highest right now that they've ever been. Obviously I started, I started really low. I started on like 250 milligrams of Masteron. 250 milligrams of testosterone and then I've just bumped things up and then introduced new things as we've gone and just use these tools as, we, as we've gone so you've got to consider that actually people are growing into shows with, with, with steroids so um, that would be the main differences but in terms of like cardio 
food, cardio still goes high, steps still go high, food still comes down. You still got to pull food where you've got to pull food. You know, I get people saying, oh, am I going to lose weight? Am I going to lose muscle on 1800 calories when I'm natural? It's like, probably, bro, but you're still fat. So you've got to keep going. Do you know what I mean? Like you lose muscle on a natural cut. So when people start complaining about losing muscle, it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of it, bro. Like you have to lose the, you have to lose the muscle, um, in order to get the body fat off. But in, in obviously in, in, in with steroids, it's, it's not that case. It's, it's, it's very much, uh, you just keep pushing and you just keep pulling off and it's really fucking hard. Um, negatives. So definitely, definitely I have way more health implications, uh, being on steroids. I've got a blood test actually next week, Monday. So it'd be really fucking interesting to see. I'll definitely do a video on that. But it's going to be fucked, guys. It's going to be real, real bad. I've been running, you know, I've been running Anavar. I used Winstrol for two weeks. I've obviously used Tren. Like, uh, my cholesterol is going to be, it's going to be shoddy. It's going to be real, real shoddy. Um, and then if we consider where my kidney markers are going to be, my liver markers, my liver markers are going to be raised. My, my, my blood count's probably going to be pretty high. And I'm going to be compromised by health. That's the reality of it. When you do this naturally... I had blood test last time when I did this naturally. The only negative thing that I had was raised kidney markers, um, of course, just because muscle protein breakdown was really, really high. Um, and, and, and pretty much in anyone who trains hard and trains heavy and, and all that, their kidney markers are going to be pretty high. Um, and my testosterone was really, really low. Really, really, really low. I actually got below the the, 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 the range. And I, if I'd gone to a doctor, they would have put me on TRT. But obviously, I knew that that was going to come back. So in leading off that as well, um, in contrast, should I say, it's going to be much, much easier for me to recover post-show on steroids than it would be if I was natural. So it took my hormones, hormonally, I should say, it took me about six months to recover hormonally from, from, from my natural prep. When I finished my natural prep, I was at four nanomoles per liter of testosterone. The, the, the normal range is between nine and 30. I then measured three months later, I was 11. And then measured two months after that, I was then 18. I then measured two months after that. So seven months down the line, I was then 22. So it took me seven months to go from four to 22. That's not to say it wouldn't keep rising. Maybe it would, but I would say that 22 is probably where I, I was sat. So it took me seven months to recover. Whereas with drugs, I can just go straight onto a cruise, put myself straight bang at 25 nanomoles per liter, literally the day after competition, pull out all the other drugs. And I'm within two weeks, all my hormones are stable. My kidney, liver, cholesterol is all coming back into range. Uh, but obviously the long-term damage that running these drugs, pushing your cholesterol down. Like the lo- it basically, cholesterol moves up and down, right? You have a healthy range and unhealthy range. The longer you spend in an unhealthy range, the more the more risk of arteriosclerosis that you have, the more risk of plaque buildup that you have. So you want to spend as little time there as possible, right? It doesn't mean that if you spend time there, you die of heart attacks. It just means that you have more risk of doing that. So I need to be able to get back into a healthy range as quickly as possible and stay there for a bit to be healthy again before going back into into a blast or anything but you wouldn't have any of these problems if you were natural your cholesterol should be bang on your inflammation should be bang on everything should be bang on really except for your hormones kidneys um 
and just feeling <laughs> you'd be feeling pretty rubbish um so yeah like th- those are those are pretty good comparisons in terms of health implications while i might recover better in the long term i might have problems down the line um you know you don't know it could be 10 years down the line i have a heart attack you don't know you don't know and it could be because of this or it could be because of something else it's just one of those things that you've got to consider um i think the mental impacts um have been massively different this year um but to be honest, it's been because of the environment that I was in. I was in a very toxic environment last year, uh, last time I, I, I prepped. I had an absolute nightmare of a time, to be honest. Like, I w- really, really wasn't happy. I was very, very depressed. I was very, very full of anxiety every day, and I never was happy. And, and I really, really didn't look forward to, to doing my days. Um, I think largely it's just because of the environment I was in. While, yes, partly the relationship I was in was very, very toxic for both me and, and her at the time. Um, I'm not going to throw her under a bus or anything, but we just fucking weren't for each other. We just were so savage, you know, just saying things that we just never should have said and and just stupid fucking shit. And it took so much of a toll on me and I, and I just just wasn't a fan of it whatsoever and and I think also combined with that my business really wasn't working I wasn't earning enough money to do what I wanted to do I was still living at home earning under a grand a month way under a grand a month you know I was I was really not in a good place and 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 now the difference is so so stark in terms of the 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 relationship I'm in is literally 10 out of 10 honestly 10 out of 10 um the 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 mentality that i've got is is so different i'm way way more mature than then um and yeah so actually mentally i've been way more sound this year but i put that down to experience to be honest and side note yes i felt the drugs yes i've definitely felt the snappiness the the lose your head, the the see your red when when the trend hits. Um, I've definitely seen that 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 red veil descend, um, which I could say is the drugs. But outside of those little snapping points, one hundred percent mentally, I've been better this year. And it's just it's separate from the drugs. It's separate from the steroids. It's literally just because of the environment that I'm in is so positive. The people around me just want me to succeed, and it's just it's just an awesome time to be honest. So yeah. I was going to leave it there. Um, we're about 45 minutes in. I've got a story. I don't know how long the story is going to be, but... All right, let's go for it. So this is the time I took acid and went to the park with my friends. <laughs> I want you to sit back. I want you to relax. I want you to listen to my voice. And I want you to put yourself in this position. I'm going to talk you through the whole trip. Fuck it. So we took these tabs, they were 180 UG, if any of you guys out there know. Um, so they were medium strong, strong is like 200 plus, so they were just under strong. Um, probably like the third time I'd done it, maybe the second time, and there was about eight of us that did it. Anyway, the first hour kicked in, obviously you're kind of waiting around, you feel a little bit giddy, you feel a little bit drunk, you know, obviously the, the second hour, you're everyone's in hysterics. Doesn't matter what it is, you're just hysterics. You, you drop something on the floor, everyone's just belly laughing, belly laughing, and the energy around the room is absolutely electric. You feel, you almost feel everyone, and it's crazy. Um, and then, 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 then things start to change, that's why they call it a trip, because things start to change, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's not like, a, oh my God, I'm tripping out. It's like, no, you're on a journey. You're on, you're on, a, you're on a, a, 
a wavelength and you're going through different wavelengths and and, and things start to change and you get introspective and, and, and you start to get extrospective and, and things get crazy, you know. Anyway, we got to like hour three, everyone kind of got a little bit like, oh, let's 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 go for a walk, some fresh air. Like acid's not like one where you just completely trip out and you like unless you take crazy amounts, you're not in control. So you can walk places, you can be in public, you can you can be around people. I wouldn't suggest being around loads of people, but we went to this park and this park was completely locked. So we climbed over the fence. It was it was a lovely, lovely summer's day, um, evening, should I say. Um, it was it was actually dark at this point, so it must have been seven or eight. Um, and we kind of got into the middle of this park and it was just these beams of light around this huge monument. This is in Loughborough University. Everyone who goes to Loughborough University knows this park. Um, it's a huge monument and they've got these beams of light and we all just stood under it, everyone just looking up and just... Just things were just going crazy visually, you know, patterns and colors and amazing swirls and just feelings of just enjoyment um, and pure ecstasy. Um, if, if, if anyone tells me what ecstasy is like, I say you, you don't know what ecstasy is like until you've been on acid because it's like every cell in your body is, 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 is dancing, is happy, is, is throbbing with happiness and it's crazy. It really, really is crazy. But it got to a point in the evening when... We kind of went up into like different pods, you know, like t- three guys over there, two guys here. We were still in this park for, for, for a couple of hours and, and I ended up lying on the ground and I was looking up and, and, and the clouds were there and the stars were there and this, there was this amazing breeze and it was quiet. And when you're in, when you're on acid and things like your perception and your, 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 your senses just go crazy, you can hear things from miles away, but things that are close to you are quiet and sounds that are coming past your ear sound like they're coming from absolutely, you know, over the mountains. You can feel like you can see even clearer in HD colors that you didn't even see before. It's almost like being in another dimension and just seeing things that other people can't see. That's what it feels like. That's why people call it like that spiritual thing because people can kind of get attached to that. And I completely understand that. Um, anyway, I literally got peeled out of my body. Like you've seen, you know, when like a character dies in a cartoon and, and the, the spirit kind of gets peeled out of the body. I got peeled out of the body and I turn around and see myself just lying there and I could see my friends and I could go over to my friends and hear what they were talking about and and just look at this huge park from a, from an extremely high position. And it was the most vivid, surreal, emotional. It was very, very emotional. Acid's a very emotional drug. ASD is a very emotional drug. Um, it's emotionally draining. You know, at the end of the trip, you are very, very drained. And it was just pure white ecstasy of pleasure and happiness and feeling of oneness and kind of just getting why why hippies are hippies and getting why people just should shut up and love each other because we all going to go to the same fucking grave every single thing that i could see was going to the same place whether it's a building uh, a, a, a animal whatever it is all of it eventually is going to be fucking gone do you know what i mean like we all go to the same place we're all born in the same way we all should be living for each other. And you kind of get that feeling of togetherness and just awesomeness. And it feels like every single particle's energy is your energy. That's where these crazy feelings come from. And it was just absolutely surreal. Um, I just wanted to describe that to you. Um, anyway, I came back to, came back to, I kind of came back down to, to ground and kind of continued this, this, this trip. And, and I kind of not sobered up, but like I got a little bit more with it. And uh, there was a point where one of my friends was uh, running towards a playground, like just run, because you, again, you're not out of control. And one of my friends shouted at him, go left. But my friend, obviously being acid, thought he whispered it, saying go left. But actually, I was fucking next to him and he shouted it. So he's like, oh my God, I telepathically told him that he's going left and he ran left. But 
oh my god and everyone's just going oh my god acid makes you like <laughs> think, do like think about uh connect through the brain waves blah 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 i'm just like bruh i literally i was like i literally said at the moment i said i know we're all on acid guys and uh we feel really good i don't want to don't want to kill the vibe but i heard you shout so <laughs> like let's not do this and they're just like nah 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 i swear they still sound to this day that they telepathically communicate they didn't um anyway we like got home um, we'd been on I like six hours at this point people were coming down it gets a little bit tiring and then and, and we ordered like Domino's pizza and absolutely smashed it um, and that was just absolutely crazy I wanted to just describe that feeling to you um, the best I could is such a strange odd feeling I'm not here to encourage it for sure like it's definitely something that you need to be you need to be very very secure with yourself you need to be very very confident with yourself you need to be extremely present and you need to know what you're heading into it's not just something you can just fucking try on the weekend like you know a shot it's not like that so be careful out there guys hope you guys enjoy this one peace and love speak to you soon bye bye